applause. Welcome back to the Middle-Aged Outlaws. We're on episode 70 and we're just completing, we're running over the finish line with our pumpkins on our head as we finish our Halloween Havoc journey up with Halloween Havoc 2000. Can you believe it, Adam? I, I, I can't believe it. I can't believe we've made it. Like we've not bitched out and stopped watching them. I think it's the first one. we've. Have we done that? Is this the first one? It could be. Maybe. There were let's be honest, there were a few moments where I think we we probably thought about it, but we made it just. Isn't it amazing that the supposed uh, boom period era of profession professional wrestling, bro, is is are the shows that we struggled with. Yeah, it's weird. It's not what I would have expected. It just seemed like some of the early ones were pretty good. There were lots of tag teams and exciting stuff going on and some strange things with, like, you know, some particularly odd characters. But there was some good stuff on those old old shows and then it all just went horribly wrong. (laughs) It really did. It really did. And we will get into why very soon. And if you're a fan of Sting, then, boy, have we got a show for you. If you just, it's that kind of thing of like listening to a, you know, when you're younger and you used to get a CD single and you would just listen to the song on repeat mm-hmm. through your through your um, little mini CD player. That's a bit like what this Sting yeah. match with Jeff Jarrett was like. But anyway, we'll get into it. It's the year two thousand. What a time to be alive! Yeah, eighteen, I think I was. So I would be. I'd be, I would have turned 20 just, no, I'd just be about to turn 20 and uh, yeah, I was a student. It was um, particularly lazy times for me. Do you ever remember people like freaking out that the world was going to end in that? Because I I do not at all. Um, I like I, The only thing I remember about it is at the new year um, my, my dad who worked for a council had to be at work when it basically hit the Millennium New Year just in case everything failed. Like That's crazy. And you'd, you'd hear all these stories about people who were like paid to manually change code from the two-digit to the four-digit, uh, which just, just seems insane now. But yeah, it was, the people were some... I don't know if it was all news frenzy or whatever, but it seemed like people were pretty freaked out about it. Mm. Well, thank the Lord that never happened. Uh, Shall we talk about our movie from the year 2000? It's a very year 2000 movie. It's, yeah. It's it's Final Destination, where we're both pretty delighted that this was the movie we were going to have to watch or talk about. Um, It does that awesome post-scream thing of just getting a bunch of teens or people who have maybe acted as teens in like your 
your Dawson's Creek and, and shows like that and chucking them all in and having them be at the peril of, in this case, death. Yeah. Um, stalking them down. It's a great film. Really, really entertaining. Really um, innovative with its uh-huh. with its premise. Uh, it's it's essentially death stalking them. Um, yeah. And it's good fun. Well, will I talk through the synopsis? Go for it. Got yep. a very short synopsis here on IMDb. <laughs> death stalks Alex Browning and a group of high school students who survived a Doom airliner. That's that's it. That's it. That's the, for, oh. First of all, will I mention the cast? Because the cast's pretty, yeah. Yeah. pretty cool. So we've got Devin Sawa, who mm-hmm. is in, um, what's your film? Idle Hands. Idle Hands. Love yep. that film. Yep. He was he was Stan in the Stan video. That's what I um, mm. remember him from. Yep. Ali Larter from Heroes and, and other yeah. things. Ker, what was Kerr Smith in? Uh, Dawson's Ker, Creek. Kerr Smith was in Dawson's Creek, yeah. Who yep. else? we got Stifler, obviously. Yep. He's, he's, he plays a funny character in this. He's just a bit of daft. Yeah, kind of goofy, yeah. Aye, that's a brilliant way to describe it. And Tony Todd. Tony Todd. Tony Todd's yeah. like the mortician guy. Yeah, the guy that's trying to give them some answers. Yeah, 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 a great yeah. role for him to play. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it just works. So this feels a bit like um, what what you did. I know what you did last summer. Uh, mm-hmm. And, and and scream like I said. It feels that, a bit that like kind of era. There was another film that's brought to mind for me, but it's, I, I had to look up when it was. It's a few years after this, but the butterfly effect. I was also thinking, nice. just uh, sort of similar sort of vibe to this. But like when I first saw this, it it wasn't like anything I'd seen before, because when the the central character first gets on the plane. And sees things start to malfunction on the plane, like I think there's a, a, a one a tray table thing with yep. the loose screw and stuff like that. Um, just little things not quite working as they should. Like, does the knob come out of the air thing? Um, and you don't know that what you're watching isn't what's happening at that moment in time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in fact, the moment where the plane starts to malfunction and is about to crash and he wakes up and then he's in the exact position he was in just before from what you saw. And I hadn't really seen anything like that before. I thought it was great. It was genius. It really is. And it it gets more intense. And I don't remember probably because I was a lot younger when I would have saw this the first time. I think this is this is only the second time I've ever seen it. I don't remember him getting so in his head and so obsessed mm. with like cheating death and yeah. the, the patterns and all that. It becomes complete. And you would. Uh-huh. Yeah, of course. If that happened, yeah. it completely mess up your, your mind. Yeah. I, uh, I like the... So he, he's basically... He's figuring out as he goes and he's trying to stop everyone else who ended up coming off the plane with him from dying and he figures out you know there's an order and uh, that, that they're going to go in and things like that but at the same time I, I think the bit that I maybe didn't follow when I first watched it that I, I sort of picked up on more when I when I watched it again was there are people thinking he did this that because he knows about this and because he got off the plane there are are they like FBI agents yes, that are yeah, two, questioning two him and all that and um, I think all I'd really remembered the first time of viewing was, oh, yeah, they're just trying to cheat death. But obviously, everyone's getting really freaked out about this guy. 
like who knew that this was going to happen and of course you would so there's like people i think at a funeral coming up to him saying things like you know when am i gonna die and things like that yep. and that side of things I, I i don't think i properly picked up on the first time i watched it but of course that would happen in those circumstances yeah yeah it's, there's those the two fbi agents that, that follow him about and and that's quite a good wee sort of part of the story and then there's the girl that's sort of attracted towards him played by Ali Larter um, who eventually I think she ends up in the spoilers ends up in the sequel and, and she ends up yeah. alive at the end at the very end Kerr yeah. Smith Ali Larter and unfortunately poor Stan gets taken out right at the end mm-hmm. he there's, didn't deserve that there's some good like good deaths in it like some like the the way death is catching some of these characters yep. it's just quite entertaining the way it's done they get a bit more extreme as the sequels go a bit more bloody um, but yeah that it's a really good film his best friend uh, whose brother he, he left his brother on the plane his brother told him to get off can't remember his name todd i think his name was mm-hmm. his death is particularly horrible but he uh, there's sort of water trickling, following oh, him in the bathroom yeah, floor. Bathroom. He slips on it and ends up landing on a wire that's got clothes hanging up in it. And it, it's going round and round. Oh, it's disgusting. Horrible. It's so, it's, yeah, really entertaining film. I, yeah. I think I've seen this. I've definitely seen the second one. Everybody's seen the second one, surely, with the logs. Yeah. And every time you drive down the motorway and see logs, logs. that's what you think yeah. of. Yep. Um, yep. I I think there's five of them. So there's one that came out I was gonna say not that long ago, but it'll be quite a while ago now. <laughs> Twenty um, years ago. And I think it was called The Final Destination. Um and it was uh, the sort of end one. I remember the third one's on a roller coaster, it's got uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead in it. Um nice. I can't remember much about the fourth one. I, I think I remember thinking are they just getting gradually worse and worse. But uh, I think maybe the fourth one might be like a, a NASCAR track or something like that. Um, but yeah, they're, they're all entertaining and they're, they're kind of almost at risk of playing it for laughs as you get towards the end because some of the deaths, are, you can't not be entertained by yeah. them the way they're done. F- funny, I was watching it and my wife sort of she hates horror films but I, I wouldn't describe this as horror anyway would you? Not really. No. no. Um, but she was popping in and out and uh, there's a scene where uh, the remaining four remaining characters are stuck in a car and Kerr Smith's character's like let's see if you can cheat death this time so he's got them parked on the train track train yeah. coming along and eventually they get everybody out car and everything like that but then because they did that it jumps to mm-hmm. Sean William Scott and something just ricochets up and yep. chops his head off and it's just his body headless yeah. body left and it falls to his knees and she was like oh! <laughs> what's this you're watching <laughs> nice nice definitely recommended really good film yeah agreed I was going to say to you in the trivia on IMDb here, it says that the story was originally going to be a concept for an episode of the X Files. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Um, Glad they did what they did with it. Aye, absolutely. You can see how that fits in with the X Files. Yeah, yeah. 
um, it was inspired by something called the Soul Survivor. In this movie, a woman who was the sole survivor of a plane crash starts to be haunted by dead people that death uses temporarily as vessels trying to kill her. Also sounds relatively intriguing. Yeah, um, I feel like I've seen a film that sounds a bit like that, so I'm wondering if that got made in the end as well. Yeah, it that's, a, that's, an 80s, that's an 80s film. Okay, okay. 1984. There we go. Uh, I've seen one called Soul Survivors, uh, which was 2001. Was Acorn and Young Jeezy in it? Tiny little Casey Affleck. Yes. And Elijah Dushk. Nice. How was this made? 2001. Nice. There you go. Add yeah, that to I've the list. I've seen that. And it's similar. It's not the same, but it is similar. Okay. Um, going across the years from 1989 to 2000, of the movies you've watched, you got a favourite of, of what we've watched and discussed across oh. the piece? Now, that's a tricky question. You've got, <laughs> I, I love Final Destination, you've got like Misery, which is a sort of classic. Um, but what was that? Oh, what was that really fun, like anthology film that we yeah, watched? Body bags, John Carpenter. Yeah, John yeah I really enjoyed that. I, that yeah. was maybe my like my pleasant surprise through the whole thing. Yeah, same. Yeah. It was nice. uh, never seen it before. Three outrageous stories. Stacey Keach of the hair. Just oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay, let's talk WCW. So last time. We spoke. Vince Russo and Ed Ferrara. It was their first pay per view in charge, and it was creatively a bit of a mess. Yeah. Um, we didn't enjoy it. Fair yeah. to say? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, by now, since the last pay per view, Bret Hart has had to retire due to Goldberg kicking him in the head. Mm-hmm. Um, Kevin Nash seems to be a coach, coach Kevin Nash. Uh, we've managed to run Bobby the Brain Heenan out at WCW somewhere or other. Uh, really, things have went downhill dramatically, it seems. Yeah. In the period. Um, bad bad to worse. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we're back in the MGM Grand, fourth year in a row. Um, Surprisingly, I really enjoyed the video package they did to open this. It felt quite modern. I don't know if you yes, remember. I, I thought it really looked like a um, WWE video package. So did I. Aye. Yeah. yeah. Um, in a good way, I think. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's it's a shame we're not getting any more like Tony Schiavone haunted house, you know, oh. skits to, to open things up. But yeah, as a video package, that was, I thought, pretty good. Yeah, yeah, same. Uh, immediately we see the sort of um, modernisation of WCW with their spaceship um, logo, which looks guff. Uh, we've got no gargoyle or giant pumpkin or anything like that. We're up to the, the stage, sort of space age stage looking thing. Yeah, I think the, 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 the actual logo for WCW is the one, I think it gets referred to as the vagina logo. Oh, wow. Right. <laughs> like, and I looked at it this time and thought, yeah, I think I 
can see where the name comes from. <laughs> I've never heard that before. I've heard sp- it's spaceship and UFO, but okay, it's a new one. And they've they've went they've got away from the the cool Hall- like sort of classic Halloween Havoc logo as well. And I think mm-hmm. what it looks like is they've tried to replicate the attitude WWF yeah. attitude thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. A ropener is for the World Tag Team titles. It's the Boogie Knights, which consists of Disco and Alex Wright. Jindrak and O'Hare. Sorry, versus Jindrak and O'Hare versus the Filthy Animals, which was Ray and who? Kidman. Uh, Kidman, yeah. How did you enjoy this opening bout? So I I felt like very, very quickly, very confused. Oh. Um, In that there, there's reference to you know the Boogie Knights thought they'd won the titles a, a, a couple of nights before or the night before, um, but some guy called Mike Sanders got involved, and at, at this point I wasn't really getting clarity on who Mike Sanders was really supposed to be, um, so I was <laughs> I was a little bit confused, um, and I don't think I was this the first time we were Jindrak and O'Hare on the last one. No, nah. um, and I, I thought, well, are okay? Are they aligned with this Mike Sanders guy? Um, I, I was just, I was trying to get it all clear in my head, and I didn't think it did the, you know, give you a wee package to just get you fully up to speed thing. Mm. Um, and I, I have to talk about the announce team as well here, <laughs> right, right, as from good the as time is any, because we've got Tony Schiavone who's been, I think pretty much a constant all the way through. He might not have been announcing mm-hmm. on one or two of the early ones, but he was there. He was yep. like doing segments or something. We've got Stevie Ray, so uh, Booker T's brother from Harlem Heat on the, on the co-commentary My duties. My God! And, My and, God! My God! And we've, we've also got Mark Madden, <laughs> um, who... <laughs> It's, it's going to get himself very, very involved as we go through. Now, I think it's Mark Madden that I'm having to take issue with quite early on here. And I, I assume he's he's intending to just rile people. But he seems to be calling Jin Rackano here from, from very early on. Initially, the new Arn and Ole Anderson. Mm-hmm. Um, and then all the way through, is comparing them to all these great tag teams and calling them one of the greatest tag teams in history. It it got pretty old pretty quick for me. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think Stevie Day was enjoying it. No. Given no. the Harlem connection. I was thinking we were in trouble right from the start because I think Tony Schiavone is all suited and booted and the other two guys are kind of wearing like Hawaiian shirt type. Type things, and I thought this isn't this isn't a team. This isn't an announced team. It's not going to work. Stevie Ray, like that's his. I don't know. He, I feel like he's owning it. What he's wearing, he looks cool. And that Mark Madden just looks ridiculous. <laughs> he's got shades on. He looks like a buffoon. Yeah. Yeah. Can we maybe talk about Madden throughout? Because some of the things that he says during yep. some of the matches is unbelievable. <laughs> anyway, um, personally, some highlights for me: uh, Rey Mysterio, the Devil Horns, quite a yeah. look. Uh, yep. Bald-headed Alex Wright, yeah, looks like an animal. Yeah, 
Sean O'Hare was good in the ring. Like, massive and good. I can't quite, like, I struggle to believe There's this happens with a few guys, and I know that, you know, Jindrak and O'Hare, I think, were ones that when they moved across, I thought they, they are going to be huge, because Vince, my, you know that um, uh, gif with, when he's Vince is seeing Stacey Keebler, he's, he's doing the same when he's seeing Jindrak and O'Hare, surely. Well, come Invasion time, it was Palumbo and O'Hare that oh, were the tag right. team. Yeah, because um, I thought the same, and then Palumbo came out later, and I was like, "Oh, it's him That's and right. and him." But they gave yeah. off the same sort of vibe as like sort of mm-hmm. young buck type, like raw, strong. Not like uh-huh. the young bucks, but I mean like young, big, strong guys going to war, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Vince must have saw the two boys or the three guys and been like, "Oh," <laughs> started twiddling at his imaginary moustache. What about um, Kit? Sorry, go on. I, I was going to say as well. I think Co- Conan comes and joins the joins the announcers here. Yes, and Conan is aligned with the filthy animals. Yes, is there a suggestion that Disco Inferno has been aligned with the filthy animals? Yes, there was. Yep. Which seemed like such a weird fit to me. I was trying to get used to... We'd said before, you know, Disco and Alex Wright, two dancers on the show. You know, that's too many. Just, you know. <laughs> and then they did align them. And we were, we were, I think, going through the cards uh, after last week's show being like, yeah, of course. That um, works. But Alex Wright still seems to have, and maybe has gone even further into <laughs> the look for what he was before. But he's dancing. It, 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 it felt a bit strange. The the Berlin gimmick. Yeah. Yeah, but he, he looked... He's a funny character. He's good in the ring, mm-hmm. actually. He, yeah. he looked good with the bald head. He's huge. Mm. Re- really strangely used. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Uh, Billy Kidman does a move called the Kid Crusher. Yeah. Which I was a bit concerned about. Yeah. Who, who's he using that one? <laughs> Uh, I like. I, I, do you know what? This is a weird thing, but I, I don't normally like big guys doing a swan tom bomb. It annoys me. Mm-hmm. I think it's silly because they're huge. They could do like a power bomb or whatever. But but Sean O'Hare pulls it off. I think it kind of works. Yeah, I think there's something because he's he's obviously big. He looks incredible. You know, in, in terms of the condition he's in, but he. He does have that athletic look as well, and I think it can work. You wouldn't want everyone doing it. You wouldn't want many of them doing it because I think you want it to really stand out mm-hmm. when when someone is doing it. But I think he made it work. Yeah, yeah, totally. Kevin Owens does it, and I always think it looks silly. Mm-hmm. Wardlow yeah. and AEW does it as well. It's like you're a giant guy, and you're just sort of landing with your head just over him. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was an alright match to start off a card. It was at least it was exciting, which is something that we've complained about yeah. in the past. It, it was okay. I think all I was looking for at the start was some clarity. <laughs> in terms, I think they tried to give it, but I, I even came away from this thinking, Mike Sanders, it's, what, what what role is is this Mike Sanders in? Um, and you wish you never be... you never thought that. You wish well, you never heard of Mike Sanders. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna find out the the hard way <laughs> a little bit later on. Um, after the Sean Tone bomb, 
I think O'Hare and Jindrak retain their titles. It's at this point that Stevie Ray starts shouting my God over and over again. It's like, all right, mate, we get it. We get it. Um, there's a big brawl afterwards and Sergeant Awol comes out to help out. Yeah. So Conan tries, because they're, they're oh, going dear. after uh, Rey Mysterio, I think. Yeah. And Conan gets in to, to try and help out and just ends up getting absolutely destroyed. And I was thinking, has he got a real injury here Genuine that they're going to try and play off? But then, again, nah, it's, it's going to be fine later on. Um, yeah, Sergeant <laughs> Awol, I, I was thinking, this this guy seems a bit of a character. So he was aligned with who? It's really difficult. There's there's like everybody's in a in a faction. He was yeah, aligned so with, we've got with some of them. The misfits in action. Um so there's a tag match a bit later on. Um and it it's funny because it all kinda runs together because you've got um Sergeant Ewell coming out here to to try and make the save, um, and then you've got again more nonsense by Madden comparing Jindrak and O'Hare to greatest teams ever. <laughs> uh, but then we go straight into a hardcore title match, and uh, Sergeant Ewell's already out, and he's the challenger in this match. Yeah, right. I've got a, a confession to make mm-hmm. about WCW's hardcore championship. Okay. I am um, quite like it. Oh, I like that. Now, I remember watching a pay-per-view that you and I watched with a hardcore title match, Undertaker versus Rob Van Dam. Mm-hmm. And it was like, no run-ins, no Jerry Briscoe pinning somebody asleep or anything like that. It was just a hardcore match. It was like this own its own isolated match where anything goes. Mm-hmm. And if WCW had been adequately booked by anyone then this match would have sat alone as a hardcore match. Ultimately that doesn't happen because we'll talk about that later in in the show but I like that there's no running aspect of it and it's just two guys and they're just having a hardcore match. There's no like 24-7 rule there's no nonsense shenanigans there's no additional challengers just running into the ring and getting involved and stuff like that yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I didn't mind the match. I'd actually watched the Thunder beforehand, and I'd watched another one. It was Reno versus Kiwi. Kiwi. Does that ring a bell with you? It doesn't. I was no. going to see if I could look it up, but no. It was quite a good match as well, and it was just. I think it just felt because it was its own little isolated division. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think of it? I thought it was a bit of a mess. <laughs> like, I, I, I think uh, there's, there's a reference. I think one of the announcers says something like, "It's old school hardcore rules in place here," uh, which I think meant falls count anywhere, um, no count out, obviously no DQ. Um, but I think there was just too much. Like, but see when the stuff gets brought out, I kind of go a bit. Uh, um, Trash cans. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're referencing, uh, I think, from quite early on, the misfits in action, um, and I, it probably made me overly prep for a run-in. I was thinking mm, something will happen. Um, 
There's really, I've got a note about a really bad, like joke or pun by Madden again here as well, because <laughs> there's 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 somewhere in the back and there's an attempt to one of them to hit the other with a laptop, and Madden says, "I always said the internet would destroy wrestling." Come on. I thought that was quite a good lie. <laughs> Come on. Shivoni follows up with he couldn't get online or something like that and I was like, Oh no. Two oh, thousands no, <laughs> internet references are never good. <laughs> they don't date well. Um it goes like I think there was uh, I think I felt like it went on too long as well, this. It it did a wee bit. Um if it if it could if it not moved when he launched that PC monitor at me, we'd have killed him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just thought it was quite yeah. amusing. There's also a point where they're running through the gorilla position and one of them just nails Fit Finlay for Finlay. absolutely just, no reason. He's just, he's just sitting doing there with a headset on. Oh, no, exactly. Quite funny. Uh, there, uh, there was all, see the finish? Um, one of them's trying to set up a table <laughs> and they can't get it to... I assume it was supposed to set up because he then kind of puts them through a half-collapsed table that I think just as soon as there's contact immediately <laughs> just, just flattens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so Reno retains by by crossroads on a flat table on the, on the, on the floor. Palumbo and Sean Stasiak come out to help beat up Sergeant AWOL after that. And then your misfits in action, Captain Cajun and what on earth were they called, Chavo Guerrero? Lieutenant Loco. Yeah, they come out to help Ewell. Yeah. Um Stacy acts funny. I can only ever think of him in his a Sunday I night bit, meat. I, I feel a bit bad for him. Like, yeah, the whole meat thing. I mean oh, that what what can you how how do you ever recover from that? Um, Isn't his dad like a bit of a pioneer a, a bit of a yeah, a legend. Stan Stasiak, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. She's got this giant buffoon of a son. There's a um, there's a, a reference as well. I think this is where Shane Douglas is out uh, and is, or, or I can't remember if this is out of the ring or backstage, but he's, he's delighted with the natural-born thrillers for taking out Conan. And is this where he's referencing Coach Na- Nash for the first time? Yeah. Yeah, so I, I obviously I didn't. As soon as I heard it, I thought, "All right, okay, what what is it they're doing with Nash? What what is he? What is he here? <laughs> and is he just supposed to be like a guy that's influencing some of these other guys?" So he, he's supposed. Well, either call him coach. He, he seems to be like a mentor for this group that had Stasiak and Palumbo and and them in it. On the Thunder that I watched, they were saying that Stasiak wasn't pulling his weight and uh, they pretended to paddle him, paddle him on the arse. Um, and, like, you could just tell Nash was absolutely loving it. Just right up his street to be, like, getting involved in sort of frat boy behaviour. Uh, so it was a bit odd. Poor me. I just assumed it had all just gone wrong when he joined WWE. But, uh... Apparently not. Did we see, we see saw him like with was he aligned with Stacy Keebler and did he beat Bam Bam Bigelow or something like that and we were a oh, bit furious that he'd he'd, he'd got yeah. a win or something like on that. the on the last Nitro wasn't it 
Yeah, that's it's right. a tattoo yeah. match. If, if Big Ola won, they'd yeah. like a tattoo. Yeah. Shocking. I always think it's funny that at WrestleMania 17, they show what's supposed to be like this crowd of WCW wrestlers sitting in Shane McMahon's mm-hmm. box and it shows Sean Stasiak sitting <laughs> and you're like, oh, is that what they've got? Is it? Excellent. Yeah. Uh, they, go, they go on backstage, they're talking about Goldberg's streak. Um, and at this point, I was really confused because the finger poke of doom had not long yeah, had had been already, and uh, it was before that that Nash had beat Goldberg. But he was something like thirteen and zero. They obviously like r- rolled back the good times and went with yeah. that again. I I remember there being a thing or hearing about there being a thing where it was. I think it was maybe a program after the whole thing with or in the build up to the him and Sid things. They did a streak for Sid as well, um, and. It was like Battle of the Streaks or something like that. But when I hear it, you know, remember when it was like a hundred and something and zero or something. And when you hear it here as 13 and oh, you're thinking, they're like, you know, there's got to be a few guys that are on a <laughs> bit of a streak like that. Can you imagine if, if Rock had beat The Undertaker at WrestleMania 30 and then at WrestleMania 31, Undertaker won and they were like, one and oh, <laughs> he's going again. Um, we're backstage with Chronic. Uh, they tell some officials that Goldberg won't be here tonight. There's been some shenanigans where Goldberg's been dropped on his head a few times, I think, uh, in the run-up to the show. Uh, and they're, they're telling the officials that if he does turn up, they shouldn't clear him because he's got neck and head issues. I couldn't force myself to care about anything Goldberg-related. Wow. To be bury him far too much in the last... The last Maybe. podcast. Just I mean, I've never been, never been a big fan, but having known that the the last show and this show, what happened with Bret Hart in between, I'm just like, shouldn't be in the business. Shouldn't, Fuck, okay. shouldn't be there. Yeah. Did you see him speeding someone at the Falcons game the other, the other last mm. weekend? No. <laughs> he speared some guy on the pitch at the Falcons game to get the crowd riled oh. up before, before the match. Ah. <laughs> <sighs> Still got it. Um, <laughs> the next match is an impromptu match off the back of what's happened at the end of the hardcore match. So it's the perfect event, which I never understood why they're called that. Stasiak and Palumbo taking on the Misfits in action. Whatever you said, the Lieutenant Loco and Lieutenant Captain Cajun. Yeah. Um, yeah, this was not good. I didn't enjoy it. Mm. I quite like Palumbo. I think that's about it. Yeah, I, I've got in my notes. I always liked Palumbo. He, he he's got something. Um, he's got. He had a good look. He was a good. I thought he was a decent warrior. Probably the best. You know, the best on show in terms of what they actually showed. I think we all know Chavo Guerrero is a very good worker, but there just wasn't an awful lot there. Um, no. It's funny yeah. that they called him Lieutenant Loco when, like, we've throughout nineteen ninety eight, it was Chavo. Yeah, it's bizarre, mm-hmm. but then I suppose they do that all the time in wrestling. Yeah, they they seem to be teasing some issues between Palumbo and Stasiak. Like yes. there's like a miscommunication where they, they each have a man in the corner, and Palumbo seems to want them to, I assume, propel them into each other or something like that. Um, and Stasiak's kind of not really getting the message, and he's up on the turnbuckle doing punches and oh, um, really bad. They're like uh, they. They do a spot 
like how you're describing where Palumbo's going to nail Stasiak, but the setup for it, you can see it coming from a mile away. Yeah. Yeah. There's a bit during this match where Madden is sort of taunting Ch- uh, Chavo by calling him Chavito, and he's saying, oh. and they're like, was it, um, was it this one where Stevie Ray goes, did you just say this on that on live television? I think so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's really weird. Oh, I wonder if his yeah. if his sort of character was supposed to be like break the fourth wall and talk about all the things that he talks about maybe, because, or maybe. just really ignorant and stupid and just came across incredibly annoying uh, I, I do even have who won this match I'm afraid it, it was the MIA after the sort of mix up between Palumbo and Stasiak I think so Palumbo catches Stasiak with a big boot and then there's a DDT on Stasiak and they get the win the nice. MIA. Nice. There you go. Uh, no doubt the, the issues between Stasiak and the rest of Coach Nash's group will continue. Maybe he will yeah. get paddled for real this time. Yeah. It's all very dazed and confused behaviour. <laughs> um, the hits just keep on coming. It just gets worse and worse. The next match is a mixed gender tag team match between the franchise, Shane Douglas and Tory Wilson. Wearing a Wonder Woman outfit. Yeah, I noticed that. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, they're taking on Conan and Tigress. Yeah, uh, I wasn't. I wasn't familiar with Tigress. So, um, so Tigress was a Nitro girl, um, and apparently Russo had a a blueprint where he wanted to give all the Nitro girls characters. Okay. Um, there was one thing that confused. Well, I. I, I I hated the thought of an intergender match right right from the start. I, I wasn't sold on this. But there was one thing that was bugging me right from the start. You've got, I think we've just gone from a, a backstage moment where Conan is telling the rest of the filthy animals, I'm going out there, no matter what, doesn't matter, don't care. Then his partner from the same faction as he is in, who, fair enough, wasn't there listening to that, Tigress, comes out on her own and fully, you know, is willing to take on the challenge of fighting both of them. But, you know, if Conan's just back there, you know, give her a tap on the shoulder and be like, I, I am coming. I'll, I'll be there. Don't worry. It's it's all good. But but no, she she was willing to go out there and, and fight on her own. Credit to her for that. But I just found it a little bit strange. I get it when it's like a, an unusual partner, like, oh, I'm relying on this guy that I don't really have an association with. But when they're in the same action, you would have thought that just just a quick chat, backstage. Uh, we chat backstage, yeah. and she would she would have saw him getting injured. So you, natural thing to do would be check in. Oh yeah, yeah. Make sure he's fine. We're going out there. I'll take Tory. You take mm-hmm. Francis. Okay, but, but this is Terry Taylor's fault. Yeah. Let's blame the rooster. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Russo's got a concussion. He's not not there. So yeah. Uh, like you say, Tigress says, doesn't matter if Conan's coming or not, I'm ready to whoop ass, is what she says. Mm-hmm. Good for her. Um, unfortunately, Douglas and Tory take her at her word and just beat her down. Yeah. Uh, Conan appears from nowhere. His back does not seem to be bothering him one jot. Yeah, he's fine. He yeah. mounts a comeback. Back seems fine as he's rolling about all over the shop. Doing Cannonball those... clothesline, all that. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
at one point, Mark Madden refers to Tigris as a rat. <laughs> mm. Mm. Nah, that's not great. <laughs> shocking. <laughs> Absolutely shocking. Uh, I felt for Charles Robinson in this match. He <laughs> had quite a hard time. Uh, yeah. Last time we saw Rick, he, was, he witnessed mm. Ric Flair being murdered. This time he's just... Having his authority murdered, they're just there's no rules. It seems. Yeah, I, this is another one I've got. I know this has just gone on for far too long. Just, just end it. The the only real thing worth talking about in this match is well, there's two things. Um, Tigress goes to do a Bronco Buster on Tory, and Tory pulls Charles Robinson on top of her. Now, Tigress has got enough time to uh, check her watch, <laughs> eat her dinner, and watch an episode or something, and still notice this, but she still just does it anyway. Yeah. Maybe I had a soft spot for Charles. She might have done. And uh, just the worst thing ever is Tory doing Shane Douglas's finishing move on Conan, and Conan fully taking it and selling it. Yeah. That made me angry. Yeah. Not good. Yeah. Uh, Tigress and Conan get the job done with a double X factor on Douglas, which looks absolutely guff. Yeah. Nonsense, nonsense, I didn't, nonsense. Just, just have Conan do something himself uh-huh. on, on Douglas and, and finish it. Have the, uh, just have the woman fight the woman and the guy fight the guy. Yeah. It's yeah. nice and simple. Because at times, Douglas is laying it in on Tigress. Like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a little bit so, uncomfortable to watch that kind of thing. <sighs> oh, oh no. yes. So backstage with Mean Gene, he's with David Flair, and if you had closed your eyes, you would have thought this was Ric Flair talking. I could not believe how much he sounded like Ric Flair. We're talking about DNA tests. I've got here my notes. <laughs> Definitely no DNA tests required for <laughs> David Flair. Nice. <laughs> Were you shocked by that, or... or not really. No, I, th- I thought I hated this whole thing, but oh. you know, it, it was you know, it it came across. He came across. I thought, okay. I mean, here he came across. Okay, there's some ridiculous moments. I, I actually, I feel like I I need to make. I need to backtrack a little bit about something I've said in the past. Oh, about David Flair. No, 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 no. Marcus no. Bagwell? No, no. No, okay. No. This is this is a DNA match, right? Because Stacey Keebler's pregnant and I think the suspicion is Buff Bagwell has plowed her. Um and I once kinda shot all over something that you quite enjoyed as a story, um, with Guerrero and Mysterio and the Dominic. Oh yeah. Um, the DNA stuff, yep. Everything about that was so much better than this. So, so yeah, I I now see how it could have gone. It's okay not have liked both, <laughs> but this is just. Uh, do, do you know how this ended up? Like in terms of the long term story. Uh huh. No. People are said, "Nah, I just made up. I'm not really pregnant." <laughs> but. But poor David Flair goes through hell here. 
So do we. Watching it. Do to me. Is is he like is David Flair? Is he a is he a wrestler here? Is he like I know they tried to get him in and make him a thing, but is is he has he been having wrestling matches? There's I've seen he's definitely had matches on Nitro as well because I've seen clips of him running the ropes and it looks like somebody's granite. Remember when Snoop Dogg was running the ropes at WrestleMania yeah. this year? That's yeah. what it looked like. I mean David to me <laughs> David Flair just looks like he, he was never gonna become a wrestler. Like the, He's not got never. it, has he? He's nah. not got it. Nah, nah. <sighs> he's and he's doing flair stuff as well. He's doing yeah. as Mark do Madden that. said, he's doing all the flair spots is what Mark Madden said. <sighs> so he does the the sort of forward roll over the turnbuckles. He the thing he, he does the flop, he does the flare flop, but he's mm-hmm. He's not got it. He looks like a dying swan or something. Um, Buff smashes. Buff is just wrecking him. He smashes Flair on the forehead with a chair, so Flair subtly rolls under the ring apron so that he can blade, clearly, because he comes back up <laughs> covered in blood. <laughs> uh, Mickey J is the referee. He sees the blood, calls a halt to the match. For some reason, Luger sort of comes out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, looking absolutely massive. He is coming down to celebrate with Buff, but you, me, and the Garden Fence all could see what on earth was going to happen here. My favourite bit about it is that Shivani, after Luger, puts, puts up Buff's hand and then clothesline him. Clotheslines him. Uh, Shivani says, How many times is Lex Luger going to turn on people at WCW? <laughs> it's like a parody. Yeah. I think you've given that away a wee bit there, Tony. Well, here's another question about David Flair. After that, somehow opens Buff up mm-hmm. the the clothesline. Maybe he got him with his steel plate. Maybe um, <laughs> David Flair then gets a DNA sample, and Madden says, "Snoochie Boochies, he's got the DNA sample." What? What? <laughs> Poor, poor David Flair when he's getting the blood to the lab guys. Like the whole, the whole thing of him walking back with it and then getting it to them seems to take an age. And all, all I'm thinking is, like, couldn't couldn't he's 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 about to just keel over? Couldn't they make like five steps towards him, like meet in the middle? Like this poor guy has to walk all the way to them and then he just collapses. But he got the blood to them. It's all good. He got the blood for this now, clearly, totally unnecessary. Bogus pregnancy. Yeah. I would, like, if you're, so you're, imagine you're David Flair, right? Your dad's this legendary wrestler. I believe at the time, your real life girlfriend is Stacey Keebler, I believe. Um, I don't imagine that bit too too much, but anyway. Um, but yeah, it like, if somebody proposes this year, do you think I'll just I'll just get on the show? This'll all be good, you know. I, I just want to be on the show. Would you not look at it and think ah, I'm like, good? I'm, I'll just stay back. I'll just I don't mind. Yeah, I have no idea. I wonder how Ric Flair feels about. Well, if you were asked Ric Flair now, he'd probably say it. David Flair was held down by everybody at WCW, and he had the skills to become the greatest champion of all time. I, I do get surprised. Him. 
when, when I watched this, you know, as well, the promo and everything and all the overtop stuff, I do find myself a little bit surprised that Buff Bagwell didn't get a run in WWE. He was like, he was there for, they did a match, him and Booker T, I think, just after the, the buyout. And it was like I even had a WCW announced team and all that, and, and it was and for the, the title. And, all that. Yep. and I think the crowd didn't go for it at all, and I assume it was Bagwell kind of got the blame for for that. So obviously Booker T had a very long, very successful career. Yeah. Uh, but like just his look and his over the top personality, I thought Vince would quite like. Yeah, I remember Vince mentioning. Remember when Vince did the. He was talking about firing people and keeping people, mm-hmm. and he was like, "Will it be Big Bug, Papa Pump? Will it be?" And, and he mm-hmm. did say Buff Bagwell's name um, mm-hmm. there. Somebody, must, I, I, th- I think you're probably right. Hey, okay, backstage with Scott Steiner. Yeah. Uh, is it? I, I don't think we ever got the name of the the girl backstage who's oh, the interviewer. It's mentioned, I think, when he comes out for his match, but I, I couldn't. I couldn't make sense of the name. Of all the people to stand next to, and instead of talking about him, talk about Goldberg. Scott Steiner's not the person <laughs> to do that with. Not happy with that at all. He's not at all, is he? Uh, he's pushing the size does matter. Um, to catchphrase, I'm surprised he didn't have a t-shirt with it on it. <laughs> he's, I, I, I do like how they're presenting him as just completely off his head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do like that. This. He just is who he is, isn't he? No, this is yeah. There was an episode of Nitro uh, in advance of the pay per view where he was sat on commentary, and uh, they were worried about him swearing, and they told him not to swear. So to try and combat that, they just beeped like every second, third word that he said, regardless of what he was saying. <laughs> so if you're watching it, it was just completely <laughs> incoherent what he was saying. Wow. What can we say about next match? It is for the WCW Commissionership. It's a three-round kickboxing match between your man, above average Mike Sanders, quite the nickname, <laughs> and Ernest the Cat. Why did this exist? I don't... Nobody needed this. When we spoke about this we uh, previously, we, we were like, oh, is this the answer to the Brawl for All? Um, they're going to like introduce a little shoot match. But it was even worse. It yeah. was a worked kickboxing match. Yeah. Yeah. Sanders <sighs> didn't help matters by coming out, cutting a promo, and at the end saying, I'm going to be dead in your ass. <laughs> what, what, what did that mean? <sighs> oh, I, I hated everything about this. Me too. It's at this point that I realised that there's a a little guy in the crowd smack bang in the middle of the hard camera with a Celtic top on. Maybe that had an impact on my, my mood about this match, but yeah, this was shocking. Like, I, I couldn't even get, like, so there's supposed to be three rounds. They're two minutes each. There is, you know, by the sounds of it, scoring to be awarded for each thing. So then why at the end do we have to keep going? Because surely there's been scoring for each round. But it's like, oh, is it somebody has to be knocked down, knocked out? What, what, but they're, un- they're... It was unclear because one of the commentators says something about points and then one of the other commentators says that there's no points in this match. But 
they were talking about judges. Yeah, they describe it to, as a, a fight to the finish, and then there's a count out. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't. And they were they were using this to to move the the Stasiak stuff forward as well. Him Palumbo fighting over the, the mm-hmm. towel to throw it in because uh, the cat is having his way with Sanders. Um, Shane Douglas eventually gets in the way and stops Ernest getting back in the ring and Sanders gets uh, he can't even a kickboxing match by count that's so WCW eh? yep. let's yep. have a shoot kickboxing match where the guy wins via count amazing so he's the new commissioner now above average yeah nice I'm sure he'll do a sterling job there's not long to go thankfully <laughs> Of this, of this show, or of WCW, or... of WCW. <laughs> uh, backstage, doctors are trying to give Goldberg advice. He is not for taking it. Shockingly, yeah. Um, we're then with Mean Gene. He's with Chronic. They're apparently all about breaking necks and cashing checks, which is quite a cool catchphrase. They seem yeah. to be uh, like sort of mercenaries. They'll mm-hmm. they'll basically fight for for anyone sort of thing. Uh, they looked pretty cool. Yeah, I I recognised both. It took me a wee while to figure out um, who they had been elsewhere in their careers. Um, but yeah, and they they talk about um, if Goldberg can't go, his streaks over, and and they get paid either way, so they don't really care. Um, but I, I think there's also a reference that if Goldberg doesn't when he's out of WCW, which <laughs> I don't really think was played up on. Nah. As, as I, think. I don't know if they've just said it. Um, who knows? I've got a bit of soft spot for Crush, I think. I quite like Crush. Okay. I liked him Demolition. I liked Hawaiian mm. Crush. Not so much whatever he was when he fought Savage at WrestleMania 10. Yeah, and he became like a, a biker guy as well, didn't he? he? Did, didn't he? Point, I didn't. Was he in DOA? I think so. Aye. Yeah. Yeah. I don't mind Crush. I've said this before, but he's got the best tilt a whirl backbreaker in the mm. game. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Now we come to the real highlight of the show. We have got the former. ECW champion and fat chick thriller Mike Awesome. He's now that seventies guy, Mike Awesome. That that look was really something. Like <laughs> I, I said to you, I think in a message at some point, I I see Mike. I really want to like Mike Awesome. Like, <laughs> but my main issue is there there really seems to be a big risk factor in a lot of his matches. <laughs> like somebody's somebody's gonna get. It, it always looked like somebody was going to get very seriously injured, if not killed, in the matches of his we've watched. But I do like him, aside from that. Just the, apart from the risk factor, he's, he's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the match he has at ECW One Night Stand, where he, oh, those oh. two are fighting between tables that are smashed in half and all that, it's terrifying. Yeah. He launches yeah. the guy outside the ring and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he's on form here then. I think uh, this is the first match I've ever seen that Vampiro's been in. What about you? I've definitely not seen many. I like. I, I feel like I've I've heard more or read more about him than I've actually ever seen in in matches. Um, right. And I always thought, you know, 
is it if you've got Vampiro and you've got to me Sting, you know, they are different, but I always thought they were were they too similar to be on and then by this point would Edge and Christian have debuted in WWF mm, as like yeah. the um vampire vampire guys Lost with Gangrel. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess this guy was more of a an original from that kind of gimmick. I don't I didn't I didn't hate it. The match? Um, yeah, well, I thought there were some moments. Well, talking about what you're talking about, Sting, you'll you'll be not be surprised to hear that Vampiro and Sting had a quite a long rivalry going through the summer of this year. Oh, okay. So okay. if there's concerns about them being too similar, then they put them mm. against each other. Um. Yeah, go on. Talk through this match. It's, it's needs. I think it needs to be watched. This match. Um, okay, I've got I've got some notes. Um, it got very physical very quickly. Um, oh, see, see before. Sorry, I should have said yeah. this before you start describing the match. Vampiro takes Roman Reigns esque length of time to get to the ring for some reason. Does um, take a while. Yeah, he appears to be wearing some sort of um, corset, which was. Mm-hmm. Uh, interesting, and he's carrying yeah. a samurai sword yeah. as well. And I thought yeah. he looked a bit like the lead singer of Placebo. Um, but okay. all that aside, uh, yeah. he asks that seventies guy, Mike Osam, to put his title shot that he's got on Nitro the following night on the line mm-hmm. for this match. As uh, so, then Awesome picks up the microphone. I was like, he's going to start saying stuff like groovy and that. He just speaks <laughs> completely normally, yep, totally normal. Yep, he probably the, wasn't loving the gimmick. The only part of the gimmick is like his hair that he's yeah. washed his hair. Anyway, go on. <laughs> Get the uh, I've, I've got a few notes. Um, uh, after they've been fighting uh, into the crowd, uh, I think Awesome actually basically throws Vampiro into the crowd, um, <laughs> and then. They, there's a, there's a spot. There's, there's a few moments that confused me. Once I didn't hear it, there's quite a few moments. So they've both got chairs, <laughs> and they 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 hit each other, and now awesome. Mike awesome drops his, but then I don't know why Vampiro drops his because the the ref doesn't seem to be a factor. He's, no, no. Yeah, he's not he's not caring. So you've got your chair, and the other guy's dropped his. And then he really awkwardly drops his as well, like almost. I think tried to make it look like he accidentally did it. Um, it, it was. I don't know if they were supposed to drop them at the same time or what. It just didn't look the best. Um, I've got Vampiro. Is it Vampiro? Vampiro. Um, him throwing uh, awesome kind of over himself halfway along uh, into the ring which looked pretty dangerous I thought it really did yeah <laughs> like I couldn't I couldn't quite grasp whether there were supposed to be any rules here um, so I've got my costume getting a table and he goes and gets that puts that in the ring um, but then he kind of just throws the table uh, Vampiro, Vampiro, uh, and the ref just—he's—he's he's seeing all this. He, he couldn't care less. Stevie, just like... Stevie Ray actually says, "Is this legal, or uh, why is this legal, or something like that?" We've <laughs> um, got a uh, there's a, there's for a wee while 
vampiro is looking under the ring for something. Like, he seems to check every side of the ring. And I think there's, like, a joke made that he's looking for a table, but they've all been used, but there are more tables appearing later on. Um, Awesome catching him with a a big clothesline. Uh, Powerbomb by Awesome on the floor for a two-count. It seems to be (laughs) false count anywhere. Yep, the ref starts counting. I was like, what's going on here? Based on my notes, maybe I did hate this. Um, There's a point where Awesome standing in the middle of the ring and Vampiro just jumps on him from the top (laughs) rope and just lands with his legs around Awesome's head and they just sort of fall over. Oh my god, it's hilarious. There's there's another moment coming up where I'm I'm, going to get the fear again because um, we've got them going up to the top and I know that Mike Awesome is going for an awesome bomb off the top. And I'm just thinking that maybe there maybe there's a reason I haven't heard of Vampiro for quite a while. <laughs> um, he hits it, but there's like the way Vampiro's head like bounces on the mat at the end. I assume he was legit injured because he does not get up for a little while by the looks of it. Um, and then I started thinking maybe there's a reason Mike Awesome never really made it to the top in any of the main stream companies. So what happened was there was supposed to be a table in the middle of the ring. I wonder if that's what Vampiro was looking for. There was supposed to be a table in the middle of the ring to break his fall. They both just decided to go with it. To do it anyway. And do it anyway. He ended up concussed and it broke his neck. It broke his neck? Mm -hmm. Wow. So he was out for I think he was out until the invasion, and then um, he got a phone call. That I read an interview with Vampiro. He said he got a phone call from Bruce Pritchard, and he said, I was looking forward to hearing what <laughs> you're going to do with me. And he said, well, I wouldn't worry too much about it because we didn't want you. <laughs> We've got no use for you. <laughs> oh. Like, I, I did, like, as soon as I saw the landing from the move, and then I think they do a slow-mo on it as well, and I was like, no, like normally, you know, if this was in a real sport, they would do the whole. We're not going to show you the replay uh-huh. of that. <laughs> Obviously, they show the replay, and that, that was when I realised that much as I like the look of Mike Awesome, much as I like some of the moves he can do, <laughs> that can you imagine? Can you imagine if he got brought into WWE and they said to Triple H, "You're going to be going against Mike Awesome," it'd be like, yeah, "No, I'm <laughs> fucking not." <laughs> He did come in though, didn't he? I think he won the hardcore title when he, when he? he was still WC. This part of like the really early oh, invasion yeah. thing. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he was ever quite pushed to the top. Nah. So he he was the guy who left for WCW when he was ECW champion. Yeah, and that's when he was they due money or something like that. Yeah. 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 Um, I, it's odd to put that stipulation on the line, but then just have awesome win anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure he never won the title the next night. Thankfully, Booker T made it out of of that match. Oh, no. Oh, dear. So, we're backstage. I need to compose myself. We're backstage, Mean Gene with General Rection. So, was his name Hugh... Hugh... Morris, for a while, yeah. So, if he wasn't General, was he supposed to be Hugh... Hugh... 
erection, like huge erection. Maybe. Yep. Like it's really hard. He, he cuts this sort of passionate baby face promo. Like I've been held down my whole career, and this is I'm going to do it for for me. Basically, is what he says because he says I'm going to do this for Hugh Morris. I'm doing this for Bill Demott, and it's like that's you though. Is mm-hmm. he got like a a fiend persona where like Bill Demott, Hugh Morris, and Giant Erection are all different parts of his anyway. It was Unfortunately, a bit I think the final weird. part was the absolute asshole trainer in WWE. Is that who that was? I, I wasn't yeah. sure. I yeah, and lots of stuff came out during the mm-hmm. uh, what was it? What? All I needed to see was forced some young recruits to wrestle naked, and I thought, Jesus nah. Christ, nah. Well, there's there can be no reason for that. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think it was I one Albert's, of them where there was one I Albert's complaint. not doing that. <laughs> I think he's considered a good guy. He could be the uh, one I'm, that's just wrestling. Naked. I'm sure I remember. <laughs> <laughs> I sure I remember being like I think there was one complaint came out and then a couple more and then just loads of them. Speaking uh, out, that's what it was called, wasn't it? Speaking yeah, out. Um, yeah. Yeah. This was uh, this was weird because it. Like, how are you supposed to take anybody called General? And like you'd said the last time, his name had been General Erection. Yeah, how I had to spo- look it up to make sure it had actually been that, and it was. <sighs> supposed to take that seriously. I was also a little bit... Th- so I've always liked Lance Storm. I think you have as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's doing the Team Canada thing here. And, you know, I get it for the Heat. Hacks or Jim Duggan aligned with Team Canada. You know, Mr. USA and all that. But the match seemed to be for ownership of a woman called Major, Major Guns. Guns. Yep, she as, was part, she was well part of the title. Yep. She was part of Team Canada against her will, it seemed. Yeah. Duggan looked pretty worrying to me. I get this is the character he's supposed to be playing, but he kind of looked like what you would see walking about in like an old folks home just yeah. some blithering idiot chatting away to himself and... I, I just have to assume or hope that he was he played it really well that's yeah um, I like that they made the US title Canadian title like that mm-hmm. that's yeah. good uh, no sort of explanation as to why this was a handicap match uh, but Landstorm is the Canadian uh, title holder um, it's not a very good match, as I'm sure you would. Yeah, see, would this one think. seemed to go on a long time as well. It's I'd hard wish... to write notes about someone called Rection. I, I just wrote Demot. I, I couldn't. Fair. I couldn't do. It. I, I wasn't willing to do it. Um, <laughs> but like, I, I, as I was watching, there was a, a little sequence when I thought, I wish Lance Storm was just in a program with someone, and it was just you know, just wrestling. Just about the wrestling and who I was see. the better wrestler and that kind of thing. He's yeah. good, eh? He's good in the ring, like, mm-hmm. really good in the ring. Yeah. Um, there's nothing you can say about this, really, is there? At some point, nah. someone called Primetime comes out to give Duggan his two by four, but Major Guns taps him on the shins with the Canadian flag, and that seems enough to derail him. Yep. Um, Hugh Morris completely misses a moonsault, but apparently that's enough to get the win on. Does he, does he pin Storm or Duggan? Do you know what? Uh, Duggan. 
second. second. There you go. Yeah. Um, and Major Guns seems incredibly happy. Yep. Back with her rightful owner, and she's delighted. <laughs> okay. <sighs> Next, we get Jeff Jarrett cutting a pretty generic promo on Sting. Oh, there was one moment that made me laugh out loud, though. Go on. This, it's like a. I have no idea who the reporter was. It's a blonde woman. Um, and. <laughs> Jeff Jarrett calls her a blonde slap nut, and that, that made me laugh. And I know <laughs> he's had this thing he calls this. Well, he calls the crowd slap nuts and the opponents slap nuts and all that. It kind of became his thing, but the way he says it to her really did make me laugh. Nice. They showed. It's so inconsistent, these WCW shows, but they showed a package for how this match came about and they showed mm-hmm. Jarrett in the uh, vintage Sting with the, the makeup, mm-hmm. surfer Sting look with the makeup and, and the jacket and all that and I thought, oh, that's cool. I like that sort of thing when somebody does that. Yep. Um, careful what you wish for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, on paper, Jarrett v Sting sounds alright. What is it with yeah. Sting? Yeah, what what do you mean? Why do they all hate him? Ah, uh-huh. he's just like the worst booked wrestler of all time. Yeah, do you get one of those where it's, they're kind of just taking him for granted because uh-huh. he's always been there and he's been a huge name and he's spent a lot of time near the top of the card. But when you actually think through all through our run with him, his opponents, you, you had Bret Hart. That was good. Um, I think in the early days, did did he have anything noteworthy? Um, in, well, in there, he's always been there or thereabouts as far as main event. He had a good match with mm-hmm. Sid Justice, um, yeah. but I yeah. think that's nineteen ninety, and that's when they did the very first fake sting with Barry mm-hmm. Windham. Yeah. So yeah, like I could see maybe does he maybe not quite fit in with if they're trying to go with a youth movement, but I think you. You you would never go if you've got an iconic star like that that can still go. You would never be like, "Oh, you're too old." Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we're we're not going to be. That's how you elevate the younger guys. That's yep. that's the guy you put them with him. They don't even have to go over. You still elevate them just by association. Hundred um, percent. And and the thing is with Sting, I think he's over regardless. He's got that level mm-hmm. of superstardom. It does he could get beat? Every pay per view, and it'd still be over yeah. and, and get a pop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They managed to take this match, which on paper looked like a good wrestling match. Like I said, quite a cool looking build up with Jared dressed as Sting and all that sort of stuff, and just completely just Russo it for the lack of a better word. Oh, do you think, like, you know, you talked about the fact Russo has a concussion, isn't there running the show um, maybe he's had a call or given some notes or something like that just <laughs> somebody spilled their up. coffee on it just wondering <laughs> if he came up with this while suffering from the concussion <laughs> this is bro, this is the one thing you gotta do <laughs> 17 stinging personators <laughs> the, so what happens is they try and have a match but every time they get going a sting, a, a sting lookalike from his past, so different versions of sting, 
appear throughout the match. Surfer Sting, uh, what else we got? Um, Wolfpack Sting comes out at one point looking really happy with life. <laughs> uh, Crow Sting, Sergeant Pepper Sting, they refer to him as. He's got like yeah. the big shoulder pads and that. Uh huh. Yeah. There's a really old looking yes. sting from twenty twenty five or something like that, Stevie Ray says. Yeah. I was thinking it was it was I was looking thinking, is it supposed to be that this guy does look like a future old man sting? Or is it just an old guy they've got to put the <laughs> thing on? I wasn't sure. He's like his wig and mask and all that came off. Mm-hmm. It. Yeah. There's a silly bit where do you know who Chris Harris is, the wrestler Chris Harris, no? Yes. He, that's the only one that I read. He, he, so Chris Harris was the one that came from underneath the ring and, and pulled him. See, he was quite a big deal in TNA, I think. Chris oh, was Harris. It? Yeah. Um, big, big in the tag team with that guy. Uh, what's his name? Bobby Roode. Oh, uh, okay. They had the tag team together for a while. and then What was this? I think was he this had the beer money as well. thing? Were they beer money or were they a different one? They might have been beer money. Uh, can't cool. quite remember, but yeah, I think he was he was a big tag star and then got a, a singles run. I think he came in for a little while in NXT and it just never oh, really? happened. Yeah. So he was one of the stings. He came up through the ring, pulled Sting down under the ring, which is always quite a cool visual. Mm-hmm. Um, but Sting appeared. Both of them appeared, and, and the guy ends up with a bloody face, and Sting has beat him up yeah. underneath the ring. Um, yeah, I've got my notes. How often have WCW actually ran a fake Sting angle? This is ridiculous. This absolutely stinks. Um, there's a bit at the end which infuriated me as well, where fake Sting smashes Sting over the head with a guitar. Real Sting completely no-sells it. Yep. Then Jarrett straight away hits him with a guitar and that was enough to get a three count. It's, 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 the, way, it's the way Jarrett swings the guitar. Must be. Like, see at the start when they did the build for this, I even quite liked, they were doing a, you know, Jarrett had been dressed up as him and all that, but he's also his main arc seemed to be, you've lost your love of the game. Your your head isn't in this anymore. You don't mm-hmm. even want to be here anymore. And I thought a really good way to go with that is you get him, get Sting without all the nonsense in a perilous position where he has to fight and he has to want it and he has to need to come through and win. Think of all the things Jarrett could be screaming in his face and all that. You're done, you're washed up, all that yeah, kind yeah. of thing. But nah, we just do loads of nonsense with fake sticks. I, I said to you, I listened to Jarrett's podcast talking about this match and Conrad Thompson asked him about it and asked his views of what they did here creatively and he said, I think it would have been great if a different sting had appeared over the course of a few weeks on a different Nitro mm-hmm. or show. Um, he's like, but no all at the same time. <laughs> He's, he's just yeah. overkill and ridiculous, but he's got a point. I, I thought that was quite uh, quite a good insight into the way that his his brain works. He's obviously like wrestling through and through. Mm-hmm. Um, it's quite interesting to think that he's just thought of that like 
off the top of his head, if we'd done this, it would have mm-hmm. panned out yeah. a, a lot better. And there might have been the, the threat of other stings. You know, like the commentators yeah. could have talked about Jarrett's got these impersonators to help him and mm-hmm. he can't overcome them. And maybe one of them comes out and Sting absolutely destroys him, which stops any of the others coming out or something. Mm-hmm. But And you still could have done the, you know, Jarrett steals a win with a guitar shot to the head. You know, you you could have had a normal match and had the same finish. Mm-hmm. Um, and Sting got his fire back throughout uh-huh. the match yeah. or something like that. And, and, and then, you know, the next night, Sting is calling him out. He's back and he, he wants it and he wants a, he, he wants another go at Jarrett. And all I quite like I've said before, Jarrett was never really for me um, in terms of like almost go away heat. I think He's definitely, you know, I, I listen to his podcast quite a lot, um, and he's he's so knowledgeable and mm. insightful, and he has ideas and all that. Um, I think a lot of the time, what I hated was the character and the way he was booked. And you were meant to hate the character most of the time, but my hatred tended to make me want to switch off rather than watch uh, him get his ass kicked. Yeah, same, same. And like just thinking about what you were saying there, you you, you could move that into another pay per view, and you do a a cage match. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, yeah. And there's there's no and even then Sting's worried about who's coming up front of the ring. Mm-hmm. Funny and that given given Jarrett was one of the he's not young, but younger guys that they wanted to go with. You know, mm-hmm. he was one of the guys that was positioned near the top. Just by having a few matches with Sting, you're you're putting him up there. hundred percent. Ah well. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, next up we've got Booker T. He is saying as a favour to Goldberg. So what seems to be the plan was that Booker T versus Scott Steiner for the title was going to be the main event, but Booker T says, Goldberg, I'll do you a solid and let's push our match next and uh, you can go last, give you a wee bit more time to recuperate. What a a good guy. He's a gent. Absolutely. Um, This doesn't seem to have went down well with Scott Steiner, which we... (laughs) <laughs> we come to see we've got um, oh this is funny so we've got Michael Buffer announcing this because this was going to be our main event mm-hmm. he announces Booker T and when Scott Steiner is coming down he says that he's accompanied by his favourite freak <laughs> Madesia yeah did you see there's a guy in the crowd like flexing his muscles at Steiner he's not got but Steiner's right across facing up to him. He yeah. looks furious. <laughs> Steiner does. Yeah. Uh, I was a bit he concerned just, for that guy's safety. He, he, come, he does come across as brilliantly unhinged. Uh-huh, like, he does. I do, if, you, if you're there backstage, I do wonder. You, you're probably pretty intimidated by it, even if you know this should just be a character. I, I think he's at savage levels of yeah of of believing that he is unhinged mm-hmm. yeah because you do believe that he is and and the commentary yeah. team are talking about it as well are saying he's out of his mind because and as I've got my notes here I like them saying that because it does mm-hmm. actually seem like he is yeah yeah this was a really stiff match yeah. between the two of them yeah. I wasn't sure if there's some receipts going on or if they just agreed but it was really stiff. Yeah, um, I, I've never heard anything about animosity or whatever, so I'm assuming 
the just yeah, this is what we're gonna do. Um yeah, Steiner's I really like Booker T. I kinda I always have he's he's got something about him. He's obviously he's athletic, but he's he's charismatic. He's very mm-hmm. watchable. Um yeah. and uh he was I think, one of the highlights for us when we watched throughout nineteen ninety eight. Yeah. Yeah. Um I he was kinda just ascending up the card there, wasn't Aye. he? Yeah. Um yeah, and he's obviously, you know, he's made it, he's world champion. They're kind of positioning it a little bit in that he's world champion, but in a sense, he's maybe a little bit of an underdog um, here. But is it, who, is, is it Stevie Ray keeps saying uh, that Steiner won't be a champion? He doesn't have the mentality to be the champion and all that. Yeah. And he's, he's, you know, he's Gertie's brother. He's he's backing his, his guy, but I think he says it quite a few times through the match. And then obviously that's going to play into kind of where we go uh, yeah. to, towards the end. Stevie Ray actually grew on me throughout the pay-per-view. The first match I thought, oh, I don't like this, but he got yeah. better and better. Like, I don't know if he got better, but I certainly enjoyed him more and more as the pay-per-view went on. Yeah, I, I didn't think he was bad. Uh, and also... It's an interesting dynamic because his his brother is mm-hmm. the champion and yeah. is going to be under fire in this main event. And I thought he played that side of it quite well as well because there's quite a few moments during Steiner domination where he's just quite quiet, which I thought sold it quite well in nice. a sort of concern type way uh, and maybe too focused on what's going on to actually be speaking so I thought he played that well Nice, there's some great bits where uh, Steiner is covering Booker T he does it a few times and when he's covering him he's staring at Charles Robinson counting and whenever Booker kicks out he just goes after Robinson (laughs) I've never seen a wrestler do that before I thought it was amazing Nice Um, there's some bits, of, nice bits and pieces. Steiner hits a Simone drop for the top rope, rope, which was really nice. Mm-hmm. He hits a couple of nice belly to belly suplexes, um, and immediately when he started doing that, I was thinking of that Triple H Royal Rumble, yeah, um, match that they had, where that's all that he does for mm-hmm. like a period of seventeen minutes or something. <laughs> um, I like. I, I think these two had good chemistry together. We've seen them before, haven't we? Yeah, I, I thought. Like I was trying to think in my mind, as a single competitor, I couldn't think of a Steiner match that I thought was better than this. I, I didn't think it was the best match I've ever seen, but I thought Booker worked really well with him. Mm-hmm. It just, it just worked. Yep, I agree. Um, getting towards the end, Booker hits the axe kick, but um, Medeja throws in a steel pipe to give to Steiner. The ref tells him he can't use it, so he just absolutely wrecks him. And then, for some reason, puts him in the tree of woe position upside down, hanging in the turnbuckles. A bunch of refs come out to try and help, but Steiner's went full shamrock, and he just starts wrecking all the referees. He's wailing on everybody with that steel pipe, which I think must be a foam bat, because he's leathering people. Yeah, Yeah, it must be. Yeah. So I think there, there's one ref basically makes it in and just has time to call for the DQ before he gets destroyed as well. thought that guy was a hero. It was um, Road Dog's brother, I think. Oh, is uh, it? Okay. The, the one that's in WWE, the, the referee, yeah, he, he waves it off and then Steiner wrecks him. Yeah. Um, and it's at this point, again, that they sell the whole Steiner's 
off his off his rocker mm-hmm. because Jeff Jarrett comes down and I didn't realise that they were aligned. Yeah. But Jarrett's yeah. trying to calm him down and he's not having any of it. Yeah. Brilliant. I was left thinking, poor poor Booker, who has been destroyed and has gone through all this abuse now, he's got to face Mike Awesome the next night. Oh my god. <laughs> what a thought. There's some really uncomfortable parts of that match where Scott Steiner's referring to Booker and Stevie Ray as boy over and over. Mm. I was just like, oh, that's no, that's no, that's not dated well at all. <sighs> but probably about the best match on the card, I think. Yeah, I thought it, it, it was a good story. It, you you feel like and you can tell it's going somewhere with uh, Steiner. Um and Booker T, I think, is is kind of now, well, certainly through this match, playing this, I'm not going to quit, you're not going to take it off me, um, sort of character. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I thought it was a, an okay match. I thought there was enough in it, in terms of like, you know, talked about the suplexes, there were a few, but it wasn't over the top, it wasn't nothing but that. Yeah. And there were the Booker T comebacks where he got something going. And Steiner just being a madman, which works. Uh, it's entertaining. Yeah. Uh, tell you what's not entertaining. A handicap match between Chronic and Goldberg. <laughs> when you when you press the wee button on the remote and you realise that there's three minutes left of the pay-per-view oh. and you've still got Goldberg's music to hit and then for him to come out. <laughs> uh, so, Chronic are in the ring. They say, look, this is over, Goldberg's not coming out. We then get a dramatic run from a um from a doctor or something like that to tell the fake Pat Patterson, I don't know what his name is, but he's always <laughs> there backstage with the guy with the goatee that uh, Goldberg's been cleared. Um Yeah. You can take it away because I was sick by this point. Okay. So um, Goldberg comes down, jumps right out in the ring. Two on one, Chronic get the upper hand for 30 seconds or something <laughs> like that. Uh, they bring a table into the ring, set it up. Uh, <laughs> they're going to try and put Goldberg through it. What a shame that table wasn't there for Vampino. Um, <laughs> uh, he, uh, he Goldberg fights out. Um, counters a suplex attempt spears one of Chronic through the table um, uh, so at this point I realised it was an elimination match because I don't think I'd really been following what it they was supposed to be. definitely never once said it was an elimination match. <laughs> okay, okay so it wasn't just me then um, and that's the first one eliminated The shoulders weren't even down, they were like cradled <laughs> up by the table Amazing. He pinned his hips um, The uh, other side nah choke slam by the the other chronic member um crush on, yeah that's crush isn't it on goldberg for a two goldberg kicks out uh then he just gets up and spears the other guy um jack gr- hammer that ch- choke slam's a great move as well mm-hmm. yeah he had done um, like the what's the thing called you can see what i'm doing with the, the hands behind the back you know what chris mm-hmm. masters used to do what's that ma- that move called again oh the something lock. Um, it had, it had, yeah. yeah, hard to describe. I only remember it being referred to as the master lock, but obviously that's only when it's Chris Masters doing it. I think. And, and uh, Bobby Lashley did it quite mm-hmm. 
recently. Anyway, it was a cool move, but Goldberg just completely no sold it, got up and speared him, like you said. Yeah. Jack Hammer. So yeah, Jack Hammer. Goldberg the crowd wins. goes home happy. Yeah. And I or, think the crowd, or do they? I, I, I think. Now, when he won the title at the last one, they went mad. They were in, they were totally popping for it, and I was like, okay, if that's what they want, it's not what I wanted, but if that's what they want, fair enough. Don't know if it's quite the same reaction here. It's nah, lukewarm. There was a few matches where the crowd, like they were sitting on their hands, they looked mm-hmm. bored. Yes, quite fittingly, goes off the air with Shivani saying, "We're out of time. Good night," <laughs> and that's it. The journey oh. has come to an end. We made it. And we made it. We did. Through the, through the good and the bad. I don't think this was, I think you and I spoke about this, I don't think this was as bad as 99, to be fair yeah. to it. I think 99 was the worst. <clears throat> um, I think this wasn't good, but it wasn't as bad as that, I don't think. Mm. And even, this might have been better than 98. With, yeah, uh, Hogan Warrior and, oh, and and all that happened there. Yeah, certainly. I, I think the the earlier ones for me, I certainly enjoyed. Yeah, the most. Um, I, I was because uh, I, I kept some of my notes and I was looking through like ninety nine, uh, eighty nine, just thinking what was on the card and uh, that that had a a lot of what we enjoyed tag matches. Um, so it felt very old school. It felt, it felt like it was right at the point the territories were still a thing. Uh-huh. I think the, 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 the yeah, yeah, yeah. It did. Um, it felt like this sounds ridiculous, but it felt like innocent, like it was innocent mm-hmm. fun. Yeah, where good guys were good guys and bad guys were bad guys, and nobody's yeah. trying to talk about you know like. That. Madden's talk about spots, gimmicks he's talking about at one yeah. point. Um and I, I liked some of the you know, the I remember really being entertained by Doom, the tag team and, and yes. things like that. Um yeah. and we had some stuff with the Midnight Express and and uh, um uh, Rock and Roll Express and you know that kind that that all felt like a different era and yeah. a fun era. Um and then it, it just it felt like it became a bit samey after that in terms of the maybe the WWF stuff I'd grown up watching. It kind of felt like it became more similar to that. And then obviously we went towards the the NWO and then the silliness. Um, yeah, we very much went on a trajectory from professional wrestling to sports entertainment, oh yeah. didn't we? Yeah. Which is a shame because they always talked about WCW, you know, like don't, they thought that they were successful because they weren't doing what the competitor, what their competitor yeah. did, didn't, weren't they? Yeah. And that's exactly what what's happened. They've went in the exact same road and tried to replicate it, and it's just difficult, been difficult to watch at times. Yeah. Some highlights. Steve, stunning Steve Austin, probably one of the highlights for yeah. me. Some oh, of his matches were that- great. He's brilliant. That Vader v Cactus, oh, uh, oh. Yes. and Eddie versus Ray, mm-hmm. Eddie himself, and, and some different matches that he had were great. Yeah, some good yeah. bits. We've seen some good wrestling. We've seen some good stuff. Yeah, there's been yeah. Kevin Sullivan and his granddad or whatever that guy was. 
<laughs> but who was who was the guy the 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 thing that appeared in one of the early ones opposing Sting? Uh, the master? No, not the master. That was that guy that we were just talking. Yeah. About. Remember Abdullah the Butcher when he got put in the in the yes the torture thing. <laughs> Who who's this you're talking oh, about? The Sting? Black Scorpion. The oh, Black Scorpion. Yeah. Amazing. God, to think back, we had a pay per view with the Shockmaster on it. We did. Yeah. He, he just had none of his stuff on. He just had a had a hard hat on, like he'd be working construction. Yeah, yeah. He'd just become an electrician. Just, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Poor guy. Brilliant. It's been some good times and some good movies. <laughs> Yeah, some laughs, some fun, absolutely ripping the piss out of some terrible stuff as well. So that begs the question, where do we go next now? Now, do we leave, we finish off the year with the end of our journey and we we come back in the new year afresh? I think think that's what we'll probably be aiming for, isn't it? Yeah, I think that, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay, no decisions. Because if we were to pull back the curtain, I've changed my mind about five times about what we're doing, and you've just agreed every time and just been like, "Ah, yeah, that's fine, ah, that's fine." Like, like I'm, I'm, I'm fairly easy going with it. But the, the thing that it's the current front runner, um, I'm quite enthusiastic about because there'll be a lot of new stuff for me on that. We're doing that. We're doing that. We're doing that. Let's, yeah. let's, let's okay. talk about it. We're, we're, okay. we're, we're going to. We're going to go TNA. We're going to go TNA slash Impact. We're going to do something similar to what we've done with Halloween Havoc. And we're going to follow the Bound for... Is it the Bound for Glory pay-per-views we said we're going to follow? Yes. Yes, but Bound for Glory, which they reckon is TNA's WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Um, why would Slammiversary not? Slammiversary, a brilliant name for a pay-per-view. But yeah. anyway. Um, we're going to go Bound for Glory uh, we've got a few of those lined up 2005 forward so um, like you say those will be brand new to both of us you've watched a bit of TNA haven't you? Yeah I remember when it first like was like coming on there used to be a TV channel called the Wrestling Channel and it had uh, a lot of uh, TNA stuff on it and it used to show the TV and the pay-per-views but I think as soon as it, I didn't watch many of them. I watched a little bit, um, and there were some quite. There's obviously guys that go on to become pretty major stars elsewhere that, that yeah. get spotlighted, um, but I didn't watch a lot of it. So there might be one or at very most two of the shows I've seen, but I actually doubt it. I, I think I think they'll all be brand new to me. The only concern I have is that. Russo and Ferrara end up booking at some point in TNA. When does Ho- when does Hogan appear in TNA? Do you know? Well, Is that a bit further down know. the line? Twenty ten ish or something, maybe. Maybe I'm not Bischoff too does sure. as well, doesn't he? Yeah, but Bischoff I think I can't I think they both had a bit of sway behind the scenes as well. Shocking. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, like I don't think Bischoff was the showrunner in the same way that he was for so many years in WCW, but I think he he had an influence anyway. That'd be interesting. Yeah, like you say, it's brand new. We're not going over new ground. Uh, we're not going over old ground. Yeah. Oh well, 
we should do that. And should we? Should we? It's still October. Bound for Glory is the October pay per view. Should we? Should we keep our little our, our little oh. movie segment going? Yeah, why not? This is that. That's been that's been really good fun, and um, I think we're we'll sort of be skipping to. It's only a few years into the future, but it maybe might feel like a new era of movies. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can I can tell you that if we're starting two thousand and five, which we said, then we'll be we'll be looking at the Descent. Okay, to nice. Watch, which is a great film. Yeah. Um, let's not bother looking at the at the pay per view. We'd always sicken ourselves before the yep. new year started. Yeah. No, no, I'm I'm happy to to just watch it with totally fresh eyes and. No real expectations, not knowing Aye. what I'm about to see. Yeah. Nice. Hopefully, no Nasher Hall. That's what I'm hoping for. That would yeah. sicken me straight away. But anyway, anyway, <laughs> let's not start on a negative yep. <laughs> um, tip. Okay, well, for 2023, we shall, we shall sign off. Uh, thank you for listening. If you're listening, we appreciate it. I think we've enjoyed ourselves since since uh, the summer since, since we started on this havoc journey so yeah um, we hope to continue that anything to sign off with adam no just uh uh wish everyone all of our listeners a very merry christmas and a happy new year beautiful beautiful yeah. and to you as well you enjoy yourself yeah, you too um, and we shall speak in the new year 2024